Welcome. Let me just encourage you, uh, very excited about Manuel and all the trips, the doors that God's opening for him. It's just been amazing. The doors, there's a lot of local doors that God's opening up, uh, just locally here where he is able to go in, minister. Uh, I know he does a number of really kind of school of ministries uh, in some of these, especially Hispanic churches. And just the, the hand of God's on him so much. And we're so thrilled that he's a part of this body. You know, that Jackie, their family, the part of this house. And uh, I just encourage you that um, it's, good, good, it's a good soil for good seed to plant in finances, send him out. And now, exactly when are you heading to Nigeria? Okay, September 22nd. All right. Well, we'll be praying over that. Are you going to be in here before you leave? Okay. Well, we'll make sure that we'll grab you on a Sunday and slap some hands on you and uh, get you going there. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Yes. Hallelujah. How many of you were here, were here last week? Put your hand up if you were here last week. All right. About half of us. Okay. It's always how it is. We have two churches, actually. They rotate on a <laughs> weekly basis, apparently. And uh, so Church A, they're gone this week. Church B is here. Appreciate that. Next week, we'll switch it around. Now, it would be, it would be something else <laughs> if, uh, if everybody showed up at the same time because we, be, we would be scrambling because we wouldn't have enough seats. But, uh, but welcome this morning. I'm going to continue this morning what I started last week. Hopefully, get this. All right. There we go. Okay, it was just a little behind. Last week, we started speaking on living in the impossible and uh, did not have enough time to finish it. So we're going to recap just a little bit to kind of get you all on the same page here and uh, and talk about that as a living a resurrected life, what, what happens when we step into an impossible moment? And how do, we, how do we live in the impossible? Because that's what God has called each of us to, to live in the impossible. All right? That you did not become born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, full of resurrected life to live life possible. Okay? Just to live life ordinarily whatever. He has called you to live in moments in your life that are those impossible moments where you just, you're, you have no idea how in the world you're going to ever get past this moment. Let me encourage you, those moments are never just for you. Never just for you. Because whether you see them or not, there are people watching you. And there are people coming on behind you, and you are blazing a trail through an impossible situation, that they may have courage, they may have faith to say, listen, it's possible. I can live this way. 
So let's just take a moment. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for just your presence here as we just sensed and felt and have realized through our worship and, and everything, Father. We just give you praise, Lord, for your, your goodness. Father, you are such a good God. And so we thank you, Father, today as we, we speak about these moments in life and that you allow to be for us to encounter God. And in those moments, God, what can we learn? Father, what are, what are some truths and principles that you have, Father, that we need to know to, to be able to just rise above, be the conqueror, the overcomer that you have called us to be, and God, improve, Lord Father, that this life is an overcoming life. This life is a life of all possibilities, Father. So we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving this morning. Amen. Amen. All right. We have time. Rudy, I want you to come up here. I think we have time for this. I want Rudy, this is, Danielle, if you want to come too, baby, you can come too. They, they, uh, they have just walked through a, moment in their life of trusting God, believing God for the impossible. And, uh, and so you've already been living this out, man. And so you can just, here, you just take it and preach it today. And, uh, but he's got, got a, the great thing about living the impossible life is that you have testimonies. Because in the midst of the impossible, you have a test. All right? And the result of the test is a testimony. Okay? And so I want them to share just our God of all provision, what he's been doing. Well, thanks, Pastor Doug, for putting us on the spot here. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, did not, I didn't even prep him for this thing, man. But I'm sorry, but you got a testimony on the inside of you, my That's friend. Right. There's, there's power in the testimony. Um, well, uh, Danielle and I have lived in Richmond for the last uh, four or five years now. And... Um, when we came to Richmond, you know, had no job, um, didn't have much of a plan. Uh, Lord just spoke to us, and we stepped out in faith when we came uh, to Richmond. And ever since uh, arriving in Richmond, it's been a walk of faith. Um, God has continually uh, provided for us, but um, it has been um, have been difficult times uh, where you know we've been um, uh, just feeling like it's been a struggle. But um, the Lord, throughout the last uh, three, four years, has really been just wanting to increase our faith and to declare, um, you know, uh, that um, just walk in faith and persevere, uh, even when it looked like, you know, um, we weren't getting the things that we thought that, um, you know, we, we wanted or uh, things that we've been promised. And um, the turnaround really for me, or, or a big uh, milestone, if you will, was about a year and a half ago, uh, maybe it was less than a year, year and a half ago, but we had a, a men's retreat at, at church, and um, we, each of the men were asked to go off and just spend, you know, quiet time with the Lord to just uh, seek the Lord, and the Lord had spoke to me that, um, you know, I was having some issues in my life because there was a lack of hope, mm -hmm. and the lack of hope was rooted in and lack of trust in who God says that he is and uh, trusting that he was going to fulfill the promises he's declared over me in my life. And so after that, I really made a conscious effort to, to really uh, um, 
to have hope by declaring the promises of God over uh, my life and just making a real purposeful um, intent to do that, um, to walk according to what I know is true. And um, so this, in the last few weeks, we've had, um, you know, just a real breakthrough. Uh, It's gone from sort of a a theoretical hope to, um, you know, to sort of a real um, uh, taking the blessings out of the, out of the air and them actually becoming tangible. Um, so in the last, in the last, this past week, um, I got a, a huge promotion at work, um, which is amazing. Um, yes. Wait, let me tell it. Anyways, um, okay. I saw you were, you were trying to be so patient, standing off to the side, and I, I saw it just rising up inside of you. Because he's like, missing I, all these important <laughs> things. Anyways, it's been one of our hearts for a long time um, in our heart to do buy a big home with an in-law suite so my parents can just kind of be set up for retirement. Um, so we've been looking for the past year, and we just couldn't find anything. And it was like we were always like twenty to $50,000 off for exactly what we wanted. So my mom comes a few weeks ago, and we see this house that's, of course, over our price range, but it's amazing. So she falls in love with it. We fall in love with it. And we're like, okay, we love this. We're just going to pray in $20,000. So my mom, we're taking a walk, and my mom finds this dollar bill on the ground. And she's like, this is the start of it. Like, God is providing $1, and he's going to provide the rest. So the dollars are on our fridge, and we just keep on praying for $20,000. And um, we decided to just go in. We stretched some numbers, and we were going to live hand-to-mouth for a while, but we decided to just go ahead and put in an offer on this house. And when my mom comes and moves, they'll pay a portion, and we'll be okay. So it was going to be a sacrifice for a while, but we're like, let's just do this. It's a great investment. So um, we went under contract. Woohoo! And um, for this house we couldn't afford, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yay. Um, and then, um, so we were under contract for about a week, about a week, and then Rudy gets called into his boss's office. And do you mind if I tell Okay. And, um, <laughs> apparently you are. Yeah, apparently you don't have an option. Um, but, um, yeah, so we, he gets called in, and he gets a promotion for $21,000. God is good. God is good. Amen. Exciting. How many that, what they shared, the thing of distrusting God, maybe you're in a similar place that you are believing God for that next step or whatever, but this encouraged you. This encouraged you. Amen. I saw both of those hands. Okay. So, uh, no, I know. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You're going to just. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We love you. We come before you as a body. We thank you that you are the head and Lord God. The, uh, the government is upon your shoulders. Thank you, Father, that you are a God of hope. 
You're a God of love and a God of promises. Jesus. Thank you that in your word you've made uh, promises to all of us, promises to prosper us and to bless us. Thank you that, Lord Jesus, you have all the blessings, all the uh, treasure uh, stored up in heaven, and that's part of our inheritance because we are cleansed by the blood. Uh, we sit with you in heavenly places, and all of the inheritance and all the treasures that you've given to Jesus have been handed to us as the body of Christ. And so, Lord, right now we just declare that the treasures that you have in heaven, the blessings, the promises, yes, will just God. be released uh, to uh, the body right now, to us individually and to us corporately as a church. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The schemes of the enemy, thank the roadblocks God. that have come to try to um, get in the way of the path of our blessing, we just uh, move them right now in Jesus' name. We declare that... Um, that the, uh, the promises that you've made to us individually would come to pass. We thank you, Father, that there is a hope for us, Lord Jesus, a hope of salvation, um, and not just a, uh, a hope that is uh, um, in the here, hereafter, Lord God, but there is a hope for us now, Lord Jesus. There is a, uh, a plan to, uh, to bring us closer to your heart, and as we um, are drawing closer to your heart, we thank you that the provision will come, Father. And so we just declare your promises, and we believe that they are fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Sorry to catch you off guard. Sorry to catch you off guard. I'm so glad this house is a house of forgiveness, so when I do stuff like this and they have no clue that I'm getting ready to do it, they can forgive me later, and we're all good. We're all good. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. It's not just good, it's great. You're right. Sort of a central verse that I'm using in this sermon out of Mark chapter 10. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Yes. Now I want you to just take a look, take a moment and look at this verse. Let it sink in a little bit. There's a number of really powerful words in here in this passage. The word impossible is powerful because it, it, it tries to put fear within our life, lack of hope, desperation. God, powerful word. Possible is a powerful word also. But there's one word in here. And I don't know if you see it or not, that really makes this whole thing work. And I don't know if you see it. If you think you see it, tell me what it is. With. with. That's good. Exactly. The word for with God, all things are possible. The fact is, is that most Christians, we understand that God is a phenomenal God. He's a God of all possibility. My God can do anything. But the difficulty is believing that God can do anything with me sometimes. And so the, the word that makes this whole thing work is with. It's with. And I've got two passages I want to share with you today. I started sharing one last week out of 2 Kings chapter 4. And another passage in the book of John, John chapter 6 
We're going to look at both situations, impossible situations. They both have to learn the, the very important key of what happens when they link their life with God. And when you're able to, to do that, to bring your life with God, great things happen. That's what our faith is for. Our faith is to open our eyes and understand that we need to be with God. And in that place of being with God, our faith flourishes and grows because God says, with men it may be impossible, it will be impossible, but with me all things are possible. Last week we, we, we talked about this story out of the second book of Kings, chapter 4, of a, of a widow. She was, historians said that they believe that she was the widow of Obadiah, the prophet Obadiah, that um, not only wrote a little book in the Bible there, but also he was, uh, he was a leader in the school of prophets under Elisha. And you hear about Obadiah a little bit uh, back in 1 Kings chapter 18. And Obadiah was the man, if you remember, when the persecution was coming out from Jezebel and Ahab and they were trying to kill all the prophets of God, that Obadiah took the prophets of God, a hundred of them, and hid them in caves and made sure they had provision and saved a hundred prophets so that they would not perish. And so it's this woman, his wife, who becomes a widow. He dies. And we understand that they are great, greatly in debt, so, bad, so, so they, they cannot repay. It's impossible. Everybody say impossible. Impossible. You know, maybe you feel like you have some debts right now. In your own life, as you look at them, they're impossible. It will take years, 20, 30, 40, whatever, years for me to pay off all these debts, whatever it may be. But she was in a debt crisis herself and doesn't know what to do, and she's discouraged and hopeless. And, and upon all of that, they, the, the creditors say, basically, in order to pay off your debt, it needs to be paid now. If you don't have the money, we will take your sons. And that is a death nail for a widow back in biblical times because it was her sons that would take care of her. Now, without her sons, there's no hope for her. So, needless to say, it was not looking good. So, let's just read this through this together real quickly. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. She knew that Elisha and Elijah both knew Obadiah. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Verse 2, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in, this, in my house but a jar of oil. Goes on, he says, then he said, go borrow vessels from Mary. He gives her the plan. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. When you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all these vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons 
who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, miracle, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, Mom, said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay off your debt, you and your sons live on the rest. Amazing story of how when she links herself in with God, that the impossible becomes the possible. And that is such an important thing for all of us. We so forget that when we face impossible situations, many times we immediately look at our resources, we look at our experience, how can we get out of this? We look at maybe people we know or whatever. We look at those things first. And we forget that it's with God. It's always with God. That you have to come to God empty of your plans. How many of you like planning? You have your plan A, plan B, plan C. Does it look like plan A's work? Don't worry, I've got about four more of those. You know? But you got to come to God empty. And you got to say, God, all that matters right now is that I'm with you. And my faith, I trust in you, Lord. So here she is, this widow. And we talked about last week that she faced this moment. She was at this doorway of great hopelessness and great pain and no ideas, no options for her. But she does not see that beyond the doorway is God with everything she needs. He says, is that the doorway of our greatest need that God stands with his greatest provision. I tell you, God will use many times desperation to draw you near to him. Many times we get to that place where we just, we come to the end of ourself. And I believe that brings great joy to our Father <laughs> when we do that because when we come to the end of ourself is when we finally realize that he's there all the time. One thing I want you to notice here with this widow, when she approaches Elisha, and I, I think it's a pattern that sometimes we, 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 we use with God. She, she approaches the prophet Elisha, amazing man, <clears throat> tremendous miracles that comes out of his life. And he, she approaches him not that Elisha, I need your help. I have a great need. This is the need. But she says all this stuff before. Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord. You know, all of these things. You know how much he meant to you, how much he meant, you meant to him, you know. And, 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 uh, and also, just to let you know, you know, that everything's falling apart since your servant, the Lord, the Lord has died, that you knew that did many things for you, that served you faithfully. And she approaches him from a place of pity, and she approaches him from a place, now you owe me. And how many times that we approach God in the same way? 
I want to tell you, God does not move on your behalf because he's sorry for you, that you're pitiful. How many of us that when we get in a mess, man, we can be pitiful. And we think the louder we cry or the worse it is or the more we whine or whatever it is, I'm going to get God's attention. I'll just tell you, God, God doesn't move upon how pitiful your situation is. And he doesn't move on how you have been faithful. He moves on one thing, and it's faith. He moves that you believe in him, and you are going to reposition yourself to be with him. And then God moves. And how many times do we, we, pay, we play the pity card? Oh, woe is me card. You know, Things are so bad. Nobody loves me. You know, nobody, everybody knows what's going on, but nobody's helping me or whatever it is. Thinking in all those things, somehow, man, I am going to move the heart of God. And it never moves the heart of God. You just look more pitiful. All right? And we've all been there, haven't we? We all have been there. Well, at least I have. I know I have a lot. Okay? Yeah, what would you say? What would you say? Oh, okay, I thought that's what you said. I know you have. Uh, Baby, that's okay. You can you don't have to you don't have to agree as much now. <laughs> but it's our faith. It's our faith. It's knowing that man, I know a God that makes all things possible. I know him in my the most important thing for me right now is to be with him. Amen. Most important thing. So I can hear his voice. I can receive the plan that he has for me. Now, the wonderful thing about it, Elisha doesn't condemn or anything. And it's wonderful that even when we're a mess and we're pitiful and we're, you know, got the bottom lip hanging out and that God doesn't condemn us, does he? Never he does. But he loves us. He loves us. Faith must declare the need. Faith must declare the need. It cannot be pity. It cannot be anything else, but faith must declare the need. I love in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's your faith that declares your need. Now, what I want to do is kind of go through here and look at each verse because Leave in each verse something powerful that we're going to pull from, and we'll be here till 1 o'clock. Okay. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. You know, widow's perception, I have nothing. Many times we, we have something, we think it's nothing. I tell you, most of the time, God multiplies something that we already have. Whether it's your time, your talent, your provision, your treasure, whatever it is, whatever it is, sometimes we don't notice it. And we just, we, we just we think we, we have to have more and, and it's impossible. And, and so the thing about it is that she has a perception here that I have nothing. I have nothing Listen to this, 
What is little or nothing in our eyes is everything in God's eyes. Say that again. That should just knock you off your chair right there, okay? What is little or nothing in our eyes is everything in God's eyes. Everything in God's eyes. For Moses, it was just a stick of wood that he used to kind of push the sheep on. But to God, it was an instrument of salvation. It was an instrument of deliverance, of great miracles. To Samson, it was just something he found on the ground, a jawbone of a donkey. But to God, it was the instrument of great victory. For Gideon, in his own eyes, he saw nothing. He saw a young man that was least in his family, least in his tribe, least in his nation. But to God, he saw a mighty warrior. So what is it that you look within yourself and you see little or nothing, but you can't hear God's voice and saying, this is what I see? Because he never sees little or nothing inside of you. He always sees what is going to get ready to happen in your life and what you have been destined to become. Gideon only saw, I'm the least of my clan, I'm the least of my family, I am a mistake waiting to happen, I'll never get anything right, I've been looked down upon, ridiculed, rejected, and I am nothing. And God says, that is nothing, I don't see that at all, Gideon. What I see is a young man that is facing a moment, is facing a doorway of impossibility, but if he walks through, he'll be a mighty warrior. How many of you feel like you're at a doorway right now, a doorway of impossibility? Many of us in this place this morning. If you're not this week, you may be next week, okay? That's the beautiful thing about it. Well, I'll tell you, to a little boy, on a day that he went with his family to a meeting, it was just his lunch. It was just his lunch. It was a few fish, a few loaves of bread. But what he didn't know, that that little was getting ready to do an amazing miracle. I want you to turn to John chapter 6. I get there here. John chapter 6, You, many of you know this amazing miracle that Jesus does actually with his disciples. That's the beautiful thing about it. You know, when the bread began to multiply, it didn't multiply in Jesus' hands. It multiplied in whose hands? Disciples' hands. We talk about Jesus multiplying the fish and loaves all the time. But the thing about it is that, no, the disciples, it multiplied at their hands. Jesus blessed it and said, watch what my daddy does, and gave it to the disciples, and it multiplied. It's the amazing thing about it. It's got to be put in your hands. There's got to be a not just a transformation but a transference that has to take place. One, that you come and give whatever you have to the Lord. 
The transformation takes place after the transference has happened. And then when Jesus puts it back in your hands, watch out. Watch out. Watch what's going to happen here. So John chapter 6, I want to look at a couple of things, starting in verse 5. Jesus lifted his eyes, seeing the great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, why did he go to Philip? Well, Philip was from this area. Jesus knew that Philip knew the area, knew all the places where probably bread was baked, whatever. So he goes to Philip and he says, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. The, f the fact is, is that God does allow tests to come into our life. Not to test us so that we may sin, but to test us to find out what's on the inside of us. How many of you, the teacher says, this is the material you need to read this weekend, study it, we'll see you on Monday. We don't do it. You know, we, we go out with our friends, we party, we watch football, we whatever. We come in Monday morning, hadn't read a word. And she says, guys, get out your paper and your pen because you're going to have a pop test. How many of you remember those? How many of you did not do well on that, those pop tests usually? But the test was there to, to reveal what you knew to reveal what was on the inside. And so when God brings a test into your life, is to reveal, and there's ultimately, praise God, there is a testimony that comes out. So he goes to Philip, says to Philip here, you know, um, Philip, where can we get some bread? Now Philip has been with Jesus for a good while here, he has seen many miracles at the hand of Jesus. He has seen many impossible situations already, whether it was a man with deaf eyes or a leper. Does it? <laughs> I, was, I was being a little prophetic there, trying to be, and you, me you messed it up for me, sweetheart. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I could make you happy today. <laughs> All right. Is blind eyes better? Okay. <laughs> you know, I am so glad that I am not perfect. I am so glad, you know, for us to be able to just laugh at ourselves. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? Okay. <laughs> but the thing that Philip, he had seen so many miracles, okay? Won't go into those miracles, of course. <laughs> see so many miracles, but the thing he does, he, he, he looks to himself, he looks to ex experience, he looks to that which he knows, and he leaves out Jesus. He leaves out Jesus. Everything he had seen before, what Jesus could do, but he leaves out Jesus. Andrew comes to Jesus here in verse 8. Well, 
Philip answers in verse 7, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. He's trying to figure it out, plan A. And there is no plan A nor plan B or C. But he leaves Jesus out. Then Andrew comes to Jesus. He said, here's a, a small boy, a lad here, who has five barley loaves, two small fish. But what are they? Once again, leaves Jesus out. What are they before so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000, which is amazing. That's just the men, not including women or children. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and disciples to those sitting down likewise of the fish, and they had as much as they wanted. Later, they picked up the remnants, the leftovers. They said it was 12 baskets full. Amazing miracle that God does here in this place. Andrew, just like Philip, couldn't see the possibility in God, in Christ. He only saw the nothingness of the small amount of that lunch. The fact is, whether it's the smallness of your resources or the enormity of your impossibility, little is much if God is in it. Somebody needs to write that down. Just to remember that. Whether it's the smallness of your resources or the enormity of your impossibility, little is much if God is in it. It said that in, in, in one version, it's amazing this, this passage out of John 6 is the only miracle in all the Bible that's recorded in every gospel. It's the only miracle. A lot of them are recorded in three gospels, but the only one that's recorded in every gospel is this one. Well, I think in one gospel it actually says that the young man came and offered his lunch. And maybe he overheard the disciples freaking out or whatever. But he said, maybe this can help. So he came with the little he had. The fact is that you'll always enter through the doorway of your impossibility into the realm of the miraculous with the little that you may have. Let that sink down on the inside here. You will always enter into the doorway of your impossibility into the realm of the miraculous with the little that you may have. God always uses nothingness, little, empty to bring back great things. Fact is, is that you may not realize it, but emptiness is a gift from God. Emptiness is a gift God from God. Why? One, it will allow you to see your need. When you realize how empty you are, what the lack that you have, you realize, I've got a need. I need God. It allows us an opportunity for our faith. Because we understand that faith joins us with God. And that's the key, being with God. And then last, it creates a tablet for God to write out his perfect plan.
creates a tablet for God to write out his perfect plan. Well, I am nowhere finished. So there will be another Sunday somewhere down the road that I can finish this out. But let me ask you this morning. How many things are you trying to accomplish right now in your life? And you're doing it with great fervency. You're doing it with, with everything you've got, determination. But you're doing it without God. What are the things right now that you're facing in your life? You're facing concerning your job, your finances, your health, your family, decisions that you need to make, whatever it is, your future, and you're trying your very best to figure it all out, but it's without God. I pray this morning that God would spark something in your faith, your knowing that God is not only good, but he is able, and he's more than able. He's powerful. He's more than powerful. But things that are given into the hands of our Father, he's able to multiply it. He's able to create something out of nothing. He's able to create a miracle is what he's able to do. How many of you would say right now that I realized this morning that I've been doing a lot of things and I've been, I've been asking, been asking in the wrong way and I've just somehow, even though I know God is amazing, but I'm leaving him out. But I choose today, man, that I'm going to join my faith, exercise my faith, and I'm going to be with God. If that's you right now, that's the cry of your heart. That's where you're at. I just want you to stand up. If that's where you're at. Just take a moment. It was when the widow extended her faith, obeyed God, that she saw an amazing provision given to her. It was when the little boy brought the few fish, few loaves, that something happened. Because whether it was Philip, whether it was Andrew, or the little boy, whatever, they, 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 they stepped over that doorway of impossibility and they put things into the hands of the master. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, Father, that you would just remind us of this simple, simple truth, Father. That with men, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, Father, we bring this morning, God, the, what we see is nothing little, minute, empty, and we come to you, Heavenly Father, and we ask you to fill us. We ask you that we would be with you and you be with us. And we thank you, Lord God, when we make that step and when we step through that doorway of impossibility. Father, we give an opportunity for the possible. 
to begin to happen. Father, right now, forgive me, Lord, of my anxiety, my worry. God, that I have tried to do everything on my own, dependent from you or independent from you, Father. But God, today I realize I've got to be dependent upon you. I've got to be with you. So I make a step in my mind. I make a step in my heart. I make a step in my faith this day. And I say, God, you're the God of, the, of all possibility. And I come to you and I just ask you, Father, that you transform, you change. God, you bring forth a fullness that I cannot do on my own. God, I thank you for doing that. I thank you for doing that right now. bringing hope back into hearts today. Bringing vision back into eyes today. Bringing joy because we're with you and in your presence is fullness of joy. God, I thank you, Father. I pray over each and every person that is standing today to say, I'm facing an impossibility in my life. I'm facing an impossibility. I pray, Lord God, to move that mountain. God, I thank you for moving that mountain. I thank you, Lord God, that you have, a, you have an answer. You have an answer, Lord God, for that individual, that person right now. I thank you, O oh God. You have an answer. And only an answer, God, but all the provision, everything that might be needed in that moment. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. God, it doesn't matter how many times we have failed. It doesn't matter how many times we have stumbled. It doesn't matter how many times we haven't believed you or trusted in you, Lord God. Today is a new day. Today is a new day, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that every failure, every time, Lord God, that we didn't believe, every time, God, we tried to do it on our own and we failed, God, I pray that that would just begin to melt away because this day is a new day. It's a new moment. And God, I thank you, Father, that you don't hold any of those things against us. You are amazing, God. You don't hold our sins against us. God, I thank you that you, you forgive them fully and you remember them no more. So thank you, Lord God. We come to you afresh and anew today. And we say once again, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to move, to bring forth the answer that I need, the provision that I need. Thank you, God. And I thank you, Father, that when you do something which you will in my life, Father, it's never meant just for me. But God, that answer, that testimony, 
are the seeds for future impossibilities in my life and the lives of others. God, that I may be the widow that's pouring oil into other vessels. Let my life be so full of the oil of God, so full of the power of God, that I pour my life continually into the lives of others, that they may see my all-sufficient Savior. So, Lord, thank you, Father, today. Amen. Before you leave, if you need prayer today, please, we'd like, I'd like to call our prayer, our altar ministry team to come up here. And if you need prayer today for any situation in your life, anything that's just really there troubling you, please come up forward. Please be with us today. If we're short on our prayer team today, if we could give a few others up here, maybe you normally help out, but you like to come up here and just be here. Let's all stand up. Once again, if you need prayer, please come up here. Be with us. Let's pray with you. God bless you. We love you. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Don't forget tomorrow night, healing rooms, prayer, intercession tomorrow night here. Uh, healing rooms begin at 5. Is that right? 5 o'clock. And prayer and worship begins at 6.30. So God bless you. Y'all have a wonderful day. We will see you next week.